Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We're created in the image of God, and so it's incredibly complicated, this human condition. In fact, it's even safe to say that God is infinitely ununderstandable. Humans are the same way. We are infinitely complicated, and that's just a single person. So you put two people together, a couple together, and then add some children in the mix. There's an algorithm of unlimited infinity in terms of those relationships and all the different dynamics that can happen inside of those. And that's enough in and of itself to keep us incredibly humble and incredibly dependent on God and the insight that the Holy Spirit can give us. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. You might have heard about the popular personality typing assessment called the Enneagram. What you might not know is that the Enneagram has many applications for Christians and has some of its early formation shaped by historical Christian thinkers. By looking at ourselves and those we care about in the context of the nine Enneagram types, we can understand ourselves and who God created us to be so that we can in turn better understand others and have a more compassionate heart. For this episode, we'll speak with several experts on the Enneagram who help us walk through the different personality types and share deep personal insights they found from utilizing the Enneagram in their relationships both at home and in their church community. First up, we'll speak with pastor and level two accredited Enneagram coach, Mark Eaton. Mark shares how assessment tools like the Enneagram have been used in his church, how it's helped he and his wife, Susie, learn how to communicate better and how the Enneagram cuts right to the heart of the matter, our motives and intentions, so that we can examine where our hearts lie. My name is Mark Eaton. I am a pastor in uh, central Oklahoma, and I am also a uh, level two accredited Enneagram coach. And so I get to do a lot of consulting with businesses, proper business vice presidents and folks at the executive level and as well as business owners who are trying to improve what they do and increase their profit, increase their effectiveness, things like that. I took a a week-long intensive with uh, one of my best friends and, and one of the finer Christian therapist in the nation. His name is Dr. Harv Powers from the Redemere Group out of Denver. I asked Harv, I said, Harv, I'm doing these these assessments for Christian leaders and for corporations, and I've been doing them for years, and I'm just not really satisfied in the Christian community that we're really getting to the thing we need. We fill out applications when we apply for a mission agency or a medical relief agency or or maybe a, a youth ministry or a church position. We fill out an application. The application almost always has sort of narrative types of questions about 
what's your strength, what's your weakness, what do you think that um, you do really well when you have a struggle, what do you think you need to work on, what are your plans, so, you know, those kinds of questions. And they, they always seem to be, although folks try to give something real, they always tend to be a little bit guarded and we never really get down to the, the real issue. And so I asked Harv about a tool and he said, you might want to look into the Enneagram. So I looked into it and I actually took an Enneagram assessment. We want to be careful not to use the word test. It's simply an assessment. And by the way, Christian ministries have used assessment tools for ever since my early 20s. We've used assessment tools. And so the Enneagram, I, I, I assessed and uh, wow, it got to levels of me that uh, I, I wasn't aware of. It exposed me, if I could say that, in, in some absolutely fabulous ways, in some absolutely terrifying ways. It exposed me. And uh, I looked into it more and more and decided this is going to be the tool I'm going to use with my faith leaders, especially going forward. The Enneagram studies motives. It studies drivers. It studies what motivates a person. And if we know what motivates us, what drives us, what's the thing behind the thing, then we can be much more effective in our leadership. Know yourself before you can know others, lead others, motivate others, encourage others, have compassion for others. A leader has to know themselves so they know when they're actually entering another person's story or when they're actually reinforcing their own story, when they're actually being benevolent and caring or when they're only trying to reinforce their own agenda. And leaders, when they know themselves, are much more able to authentically and honestly, without motives, manage, supervise, care for their staff at much higher levels. And that's where the Enneagram is different from sort of strength finders. And the Enneagram is much more in depth because it studies the level of the heart studies what the drivers and the motives and like I mentioned before the thing behind the thing and the bottom line is it makes us incredibly humble and humble people it's it's really really hard to read my own profile for me it's exposing it's embarrassing I I'm tempted to feel shame even though I don't want to feel shame it's like wow um, somebody asked me recently if I listen to my own sermons on Sunday or listen to my own messages when I speak at, at different places, and I said to them, I should, but it is so hard for me to listen to myself speak. And then we talked for a minute. And I said to them, as an act of humility and as an act of compassion for myself, on occasion, I sit down and listen to one of my whole messages and I try to get past my own sense of shame. I try to give myself the same grace that I would give others. And I look at myself. And the Enneagram is that same way. The Enneagram is I'm really easy compassion for others, <laughs> really easy critical for me. Uh, I'm an Enneagram too, and that's considered by most Enneagram practitioners as something in the helper field. Some would say an Enneagram two is a 
compassionate servant or a considerate helper, something like that. So when it comes to being a a social two, an Enneagram two, I have to relate to everyone else in the world and they have to relate to me and I have to figure out how to navigate that world as an Enneagram two with all the strengths and good and light that an Enneagram two brings to the room, but with also the shadows and the potential negative things that an Enneagram two brings to the world. The Enneagram 2, 3, and 4 are in the heart space, and we're in the image space. So we feel deeply, and we want to look good. We like status. We like attention from other people. We like to be noticed. Me, I like to be noticed from my benevolence. I like to be noticed from my compassion. I like to be noticed from my competency, and I like to be appreciated. And my shadow is, as a considerate helper, I really do like to help. And there's times when Susie's and I are washing dishes together and I might be by the drying rack and I see that she's washed her hands. I've grabbed the towel, which is off to my right side. I've handed it off to her even before she's shut the water down. And Enneagram 2 just sees those things and gets ahead of the person and sometimes sees what they need before they even are aware that they need it. So she smiles at me once in a while and says Enneagram 2 and I am go, oh, yeah, but it's just a natural thing. Enneagram 2s tend to withdraw when we get into a little bit of conflict, we don't understand our own needs. We understand everybody else's, if you will, but we have trouble getting our own. So I can tend to withdraw for sometimes for two or three days before I understand what I'm feeling. But we're created in the image of God. And so it's incredibly complicated, this human condition. In fact, it's even safe to say that God is infinitely ununderstandable. Humans are the same way. We are infinitely complicated, and that's just a single person. So you put two people together, a couple together, and then add some children in the mix. There's an algorithm of unlimited infinity in terms of those relationships and all the different dynamics that can happen inside of those. And that's enough in and of itself to keep us incredibly humble and incredibly dependent on God and the insight that the Holy Spirit can give us. But the Enneagram has invited me to a deeper level of intimacy with my wife. And for those who have the courage to go there, the Enneagram can help us. It's just a tool, but it can help us have much more intimate relationships with those who we say we love. The Enneagram is a tool. It's an ancient, ancient, ancient tool that has become, perfect is the wrong word, but that has grown over the millennium. Again, it's just like a tool I had to cut some trees down the other day and they did not require the Enneagram. They required chainsaw. (laughs) So (laughs) I used a chainsaw. But when I sit with pastors and pastors are saying, I don't know why I keep thinking these thoughts. I don't know why I keep doing this. Why don't my kids talk to me? Why do I feel so distant from God? Why is my best friend my computer? And I have these kinds of conversations with these pastors. And I say, let's go to the Enneagram. Let's do an assessment, see what it can give us. It's been a greater 
tool for me other than scripture and other than just compassion and love it's been a greater tool than i've i've ever found before because it's nimble and it's practical we develop these tools through life that keep us safe and jesus says he who seeks to save his life will lose it but he who loses his life for my sake will find it now the context of that certainly is is in pharisaical living but it's very applicable to the things we do and all the years i spent trying to be cool because that's where i'm going to make life work if i can just be cool enough if i can just be fit enough if i can just get the right clothes life will work for me my church members will respect me my elder board will respect me and i'll get the things i want and the enneagram says you got to drop all that if you really want to have life and i mean the godly life that you were meant to have you got to drop all that and it's been really good now the fear is that we're going to get pigeonholed that the enneagram is going to help us judge people and just give really simple simple answers to the very complicated human condition and that we can say oh he's an enneagram so and so that's why he does these things and we can write it off and that's just a misuse of scripture it's a misuse of wisdom and insight and it's a misuse of the Holy Spirit. I'm thinking of Matthew chapter 7 where we need to look at the log in our own eye and that's what the Enneagram really helps us do. It doesn't say don't address the splinter in the neighbor's eye, it just says look at the log in our own eye. What the Enneagram has helped me see is I don't have I don't have a log in my eye. I've got a whole logging truck and I've got I've got about five logging trucks that I'm towing. There's more logs in my eye than I can even name. And so that's where the Enneagram makes and helps me become the humble guy that I, I really want to be when I'm facing my wife. I am aware, at least at some level, of the logs in my own eye. And maybe, just maybe, I can help someone else with a splinter in their eye. There's a passion in the Jesus Listens book that I think will stir anybody who really cares to take the time to listen. If someone wants to increase their prayer life but has trouble knowing how to pray, this is almost like the old Benedictine and Jesuit prayer books. It's passionate, it's alive, it's dynamic, and there's a language in there that really helps me pray in a very personal way. And it's been super. Thank you so much for making that available to us. So right now I'm looking at Jesus Listens, and I love this book, by the way. And I, I went to February 12th, which like they all do talk about prayer but if you don't mind just let me read this one passage it, it's uh, pretty special it says this glorious god the bible tells me you created me in your own image more so you made me a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned me with glory so please help me not to doubt my significance. You formed me with an amazing brain that can communicate with you, that can think rationally, that can create things, make decisions, and so much more. You gave people dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. Among all that you've created, only, I love this part, 
Only human beings are created in your image. That's a wonderful privilege and responsibility, making every moment of my life even more meaningful. I've learned that my chief purpose in life is to glorify you and enjoy you forever. You crown me with glory so that I can reflect your glory. Lighting up this dark world and pointing others to you, teach me to enjoy you more and more. I'm grateful that you created me with boundless capacity for delighting in you. I know that the joy I find in you here and now is just a foretaste of the vast eternal pleasures awaiting me in heaven. In your awesome name, Jesus. Amen. To learn more about Mark Heaton and his work, please visit eatonleadership.org. Stay tuned to hear from Jackie Brewster and Eve Annunziato after a brief message. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about if you didn't have access to the Bible, or even were allowed to have one. This is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. One missionary said, I have never seen such a thirst for the Word of God in my country. Let's meet that need. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24 as a thank you, Crew will provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of the Jesus Listens devotional. Simply text CALLING to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text CALLING to 71326. That's C-A-L-L-I-N-G to 71326 to help now. Or visit give.crew.org slash calling. Again, that's give dot C-R-U dot org slash C-A-L-L-I-N-G. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. Experience the hope of the resurrection with Jesus Calling for Easter. This book offers 50 seasonally themed devotions from Sarah Young's New York Times bestseller, Jesus Calling. Inside, you'll find resurrection truths, hope for the new season, joyous reasons to celebrate, and full scripture verses. Get your copy to create a daily reflection of hope throughout the Easter season. Jesus Calling for Easter also makes a wonderful gift to be cherished for years to come. If you're curious how the Enneagram assessment can help you know yourself and engage more meaningfully with others in your life, check out our video series on YouTube called Relating to God Through the Enneagram. There's a short video for all nine types, along with a key passage from Jesus Calling specially selected for each type led by pastor and Enneagram accredited coach, Mark Heaton. These videos also include scripture to inspire you, whichever type you are. To watch this series, please visit youtube.com slash Jesus Calling Book and to receive a free study guide for your type that includes biblical wisdom and Jesus Calling passages specifically geared to each type, visit jesuscalling.com slash Enneagram. Our next guests are Enneagram experts Jackie Brewster and Eve Annunziato. Eve is an Emmy Award-winning journalist who segued from hard news writing and reporting to the role of ministry at several of the fastest-growing churches in the country. 
Jackie Brewster is a certified Enneagram coach that lives in Franklin, Tennessee. Jackie focuses on helping people, teams, and organizations understand who they are and how to grow toward their health in their personal lives, as well as in their corporate roles, through the teachings of the Enneagram and biblical truths. Jackie and Eve are friends and wrote their first book together, which guides people to better know themselves and other people while developing a deeper relationship with Christ through the tools of the Enneagram. My name is Jackie Brewster, and I am a certified Enneagram coach and experiential specialist. I live in Franklin, Tennessee with my husband, Stephen, and our four children. I'm Eve Annunziato, originally just a few miles west of West Philadelphia, born and raised. And I kind of consider myself a storyteller, and I have been my entire life. And eventually, I traded my hairbrush for an actual microphone. I became a professional storyteller, if you will, and sharing others' stories as a TV reporter. Jackie and I have done ministry together, my goodness, for almost a dozen years. And she's been one of my besties for a long time. Doing this project together, we worked really closely together, and we've done a lot of life together before that, so we knew each other. So we both have very strong personalities. I'm a seven with an eight wing, and Eve is an eight with a seven wing, so we both go after life with force, with gusto, with vision, with passion, all the things. You know, the Enneagram came to me through a friend, and so as you can imagine, four small children, my husband works in ministry at this time, and everything's really, really busy and crazy. And um, I'm an Enneagram 7, so I'm like, we can do all the things, all the fun things. We can go on the walk. We can go to the park. We can do all the things. And I feel like I was completely overwhelmed, overrun, definitely not living in the healthiest version of myself. I just didn't even know what that was because I didn't understand the patterns of behavior. I had never really looked at my life through the lens of the Enneagram. And so because of the tool that it is, it's allowed me to really like slow down, process what's happening in my life. Like take notice of patterns of behavior, ask myself where they're coming from. And it really has made a huge, huge difference and impact on the way that I function in my marriage, with my children, in my business, with my friends, just really understanding what's happening on the inside of me and owning my own parts of my story, if that makes sense. I actually discovered the Enneagram while going to a bunch of gatherings in Nashville. I feel like for months, people exchange the typical question of, hey, how are you? What are you doing? What's going on in your life with, what's your Enneagram number? <laughs> to which I would routinely answer the popular question, usually with a question such as, what number do you think I am? And but by the way, I should probably point out that I've been since taught never to answer that question for someone. You can never tell someone their Enneagram number. But it did pique my curiosity. So I started on this self-discovery journey of what's my number? And I researched it and I immediately and obviously went to my dear friend, Jackie, who I knew was an Enneagram coach. And I was like, teach me everything that you know. And we would be on the sidelines watching our girls play lacrosse. And I would just be drilling Jackie with a lot of questions. And through her grace and compassion, she would answer them all. But it's really helped me view my life with, I would say, one main theme, and that would be just acceptance. I feel like through the work of the Enneagram, I'm accepting my own personality. And really, most importantly, I'm accepting other people's personalities through that perhaps are different than mine. It's helped me view my life with compassion and empathy for others and even for myself. 
I'm a seven. So I'm an enthusiast. I'm an encourager. I am full of joy. And then I put all these sticky notes all over myself, right? And say, well, this is who I am. That is not the tool of the Enneagram. The tool of the Enneagram is self-discovery. So it's saying like, I am an encourager. Where did it come from? I don't like emotional pain. Why not? I don't like being trapped in situations. Why not? I, I have a fear of missing out. Why? You know, so asking yourself the question, why? Where did it come from? Why? Why? Is it true? It's one of the biggest things that I have my clients ask themselves, like, is it true? And so when we take these pieces of ourselves that we're learning and we're seeing and we're, we're you know, uncovering these patterns, and then we use the Bible. I challenged the Enneagram and the fact that I was an eight from the very beginning. I didn't want to be an eight. I would retake the test half a dozen times. I did the narrative approach. I asked a lot of questions. Jackie coached me. And then it dawned on me. I realized I was challenging my number, behaving exactly like my formidable eight. And now I realize that there is no better, worse, or best number, and that our numbers aren't a problem to be solved. Our numbers are a beauty to be embraced. And that's helped me warmly welcome my own personality, my own vulnerability. And now actually I'm allowed and proud of my eightness and all of its splendor, which is probably not a huge, huge mistake that my personality is so loud and booming that I'm loudly proud of my eightness and all of its splendor. So I would have to say that I learned something about myself and I learned more about people that I love. And I learned and was reminded that God and His love and His kindness and His generosity and His faithfulness are unwavering. And so when we see these parts of ourselves and we we really begin to see areas of our lives that maybe are keeping us from having a deeper, closer relationship with Christ, we can bring it to the Father. And so understanding that picture of who Christ is, He is the Father that wants us to go to Him. So as we do recognize different parts of ourselves, He doesn't want us to try to fix them on our own. He wants us to bring them to Him and ask Him to be in it with us, right? Surrender ourselves to the Lord so that He can go in and He can do the miraculous. He can do the very things that we cannot do on our own. And so I do love using the Enneagram as a tool, but but the Bible as the transformation for our lives. When I realized, actually, there's nine different ways to view the world. None of them are wrong. They're all equally beautiful. The way that you've been created and I've been created and the way that we've all been created is not a mistake. And there is no such thing as a great personality or a bad personality. We're all magnificently and purposefully and beautifully hand-designed by, of course, the creator of everything, right? God of all creation. And I just discerned and I've just began to realize that we're different, but we're all equal and we were all made on purpose for His purpose. I downloaded the Jesus Calling app three years ago. My friend told me about it and I downloaded it right away. And honestly, these beautiful devotionals have played a very impactful role in my faith journey. These devotionals for me personally are just a daily reminder just to start my day. Reminder, I serve and worship a God of the universe who loves me, who's not disappointed in me. A reminder that my God isn't 
ruling over me, disappointed in me, up there in the clouds judging every misstep. It's just such a great reminder that even when I make mistakes, it's he's not going to punish me or banish me. I have loved Jesus Calling for years. It was given to, I think, maybe even the church staff eve that we were at a long time ago. It was and is still written in such a practical way that it just felt like, man, it just hits you where you're at and you can take it and apply it. I love things that are applicable. It's really important to me to fill my life with the Word of God, but then how do I apply the Word of God, right? So tools to help me really do that. And then we went on and we got our kids a copy because we want them to hear from God. And so Jesus Calling for the kids, it was such a great tool for them to begin to understand God's Word in a really practical way for them too. I'm just reminded through Jesus Calling that He created me, who I am, and He fights for me, and He's enthusiastic and passionate about me, and I need to strive and be humble and to be like Jesus. And that's a very tall order, but it's those reminders that I made on purpose for a purpose, that He knitted me together, and that He's collected my tears. He's really known every hair on my head. He knows every intimate detail about me. And it's filling that faith tank that no matter what obstacles I might face that day, I can just remember his truth and his word. And it's one of those things that we are just passionate about because we really love to use tools that help us hear God in easy ways, you know, like digestible ways that can transform our lives. The God of all creation wants to hear your voice. He wants to speak to you. He wants to build a deep relationship with all of you. And we serve the God of the universe who's absolutely in full control. If there's anything that I learned after 2020 and 2021 is that God is the one in control and He has your back. And we want everyone to know through this process who you are and whose you are. Because at the end of the day, the Jesus message can drown out the lies of the enemy. And we want everyone to find freedom in that acknowledgement that they're able to understand God better because it's a gift. Self-awareness, sure, it can be painful. And it's been painful for me to maybe learn some of my weaknesses. But actually, if you really think about it, self-awareness is freedom. It's an ability to give yourself kindness and compassion and extend that empathy and kindness to others. And we want everyone who goes through this process to love the Word of God, to go to it first and foremost, but then to grow in your understanding of your own personality. And so you can process that information. You can learn those patterns of behavior. You can lean into your healthiest version of yourself, all while putting God and His Word at the forefront. You can find Jackie and Eve's new book, Hearing God Speak, everywhere books are sold. If you'd like to hear more stories about seeing yourself as God sees you, check out our interview with Shannon Breen. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we speak with flight attendant Taylor Tippett, who shares about her words from the window seat project in which she leaves encouraging and positive notes on the windows of a plane for passengers to find. Through this project of really keeping an eye out for the small moments and for the kindness, you know, that's my whole goal with this. It's just so that people would feel understood and loved where they're at and hopefully, you know, that the right person finds it and needs it.
Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com Jesus Calling Book on Facebook and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.